Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Welcome to this episode of the Black Shoe Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourteague. Clay, how are you? Good. Pumped up for, uh, obviously, the duel of the season coming up. Some good wrestling this past weekend, and, uh... We're getting into my favorite part of the season, which is the postseason. Yeah, uh, Clay, last week a commenter on our, uh, on our podcast said we need to have less fun. So are we going to have less fun in today's episode? I'm going to try not to. I don't know why you guys don't like fun, but we're going to try to have as much as we can here to uh, get you through the next hour or so. Yeah, and I, I just put that guy on blast, so I'm sure he'll be really happy again for the second straight week. But, uh, yeah, so speaking of putting things on blast, uh, that's kind of what Penn State did to Illinois on Friday night. Yeah, um, really impressive performance throughout the lineup. Um, pretty much got the results we, we had projected to or thereabout. Um, really just good performances up and down the lineup uh, on the way to a 34-7 to win. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about today with the uh, national duels controversy, plus not to mention, obviously, got to break down the big match against Oklahoma State, and then with two duels this weekend. So we're going to go a little bit faster through the uh, duel results from the past two weeks, or, or excuse me, from the past week. So we'll start at 125, um, and Nick Siriano goes out, and he looks solid against uh, Travis Piotrowski, who's really not, like, super terrible, uh, and gets a 17-6 to major. Yeah, another... Um... Just professional performance from Nick, uh, looking pretty solid. Um, this is what you expect out of him right now. Yeah, so we're looking good. And then you go to 133, and George Carpenter does a really nice job keeping Zane Richards to a major decision. Yeah, that third period, uh, Richards really seemed to run out of gas a little bit, and George uh, stiffened up a bit on defense, kept it to a 19-7 decision and saved himself. Or save the team a team point that uh, I thought probably could have been or should have been a tech fall. Yeah, and that's been a theme lately for Penn State of getting the extra point or um, you know or, or saving the extra point, which which could be huge this weekend. It's yep. Penn State. We go, we go to one forty one. Jimmy Gulabong gets gets off to a slow start here against Musa Joda, who you pointed out last year gave Jimmy some troubles um, in the match, but. Uh, Really figures it out uh, in the third period. Nice takedown. I think he had a, a really nice ride. Got some swipes um, as well, which you know really shows that expanding top game for Jimmy. Yeah, uh, Joe's a pretty pretty feisty kid. Uh, we talked about it. Gave, him, gave Jimmy some issues last year. The thing that most impressed me here about Goldman is not only was he able to open up his lead in that second and third period, but he looked like he definitely could have gone – Another period or two. I mean, he was yeah. right there at the center, I mean, until that final whistle blew. So um, just another strong performance by Jimmy. It's nice to see him continuing to build confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, here at 149, uh, Zane Rutherford gets the fall over Eric Barone on uh, 409. Uh, nifty time there. Yeah, um, just more of the same, the same from uh, Zane. 
just comes out and kind of puts it on Barone here. Picks up the uh, the fall early in the second period. And at 157, uh, Jason Nolf gets the uh, technical fall over uh, 12th-ranked Kyle Lang- Langender for 26 to 11 and 6:45. Uh, really impressive perform, really pre- impressive performance by Nolf. I, I don't think he re- uh, he uh, recorded any back points in this match. I'm almost positive. I, I believe you're correct. I think it was uh, just a number of takedowns by Nolf. But uh, my most important takeaway from this one is that Jason Nolf probably has about three times the amount of blood in his nose than the average yeah, person. Oh I was worried he was going to get DQ'd. I mean, they, they don't have an injury time clock running or a blood time clock running in Rec Hall that you can see for the, for the crowd or anything. Um, unlike we're like at NCAAs, at, at all the mats, uh, they'll run one. Um, so you can see, like, oh, how much blood time does he have left? But, like, by the end, I, I was worried that, like, he would get DQ'd. I, I, I mean, it, he, it, he had to have been over four minutes. Yeah, um, that was a lot of blood. Uh, I took a blow to the face, uh, to the nose early in the first period, and it really didn't matter what they attempted to do the rest of the match. Couldn't really uh, quell that, but eventually came back, giant head wrap, went back to work throughout <laughs> the third period. Um, kind of looked like something out of the scene, a scene from The Mummy, but uh, gets the job done and gets a tech fall. Of course, it, at, at NCAAs, uh, that tech fall will only count for a major decision on the team score because he doesn't receive any back points and at Big Tens as well. Mm, forgot about that. But uh, again, yes. I, I, you have to get you have to get swipes. Assuming the um, assuming that his nose closes up, I, I don't imagine that'll be an issue. No, uh, just, just let me to point out as we transition into the postseason and some of the little different uh, rule quirks here. Um, so we go to intermission. We come out for the feature match here. I say Martinez, uh, kind of a d bag uh, <laughs> to, to the crowd at recall against uh, Senzo Joseph. Um, Senzo uh, really probably had the, got in the deepest of either either person on a leg attack. Uh, Martinez scored on what I believe was like a, a pretty nice duck under, but uh, ultimately gets taken down with like a couple seconds left off the counter. And loses a five-two bout. Yeah, um, I thought it was a pretty impressive performance by Chenzo. Um, for those of you who watch Martinez and aren't a big fan of Martinez, there are a few things more annoying than somebody who kind of talks a little crap and plays up and can't back it up. But one of those things that is more annoying is somebody that can run their mouth and kind of play themselves up and then can go out there and back it up. And Martinez, to this point, has gone out and done it. So uh, definitely a little heat on him right now, but uh, good performance by Chenzo. I actually, I mean, watching it, got pretty deep on that, that last attack when he was down 3-2 in the uh, late third period, but Martinez with uh, cat-like reflexes was able, was able to turn it around and get the late takedown. But um, I noticed this against Nolf last year and then against Senzo uh, yesterday too. Um, like Or not yesterday, but, you know, uh, Friday. Like the... One thing that Martinez does, like, he backs up a lot, like, a lot, a lot. But what he'll do, though, is he'll, like, take, like, some, some half-ass shot and, like, touch the leg every, like, 35, 40 seconds, which makes it hard for the referee to call stalling. Even though, like, I mean, he's backing up the whole time, but, like, he'll just do that, like, just, a, like, a token shot. And so, I mean, it's, it's hard to call stalling. He's very good at circle, uh, making sure he's circling away from the edge. So even if he's backing up, he's not backing up out of bounds. 
Um, I was impressed. Uh, I don't know whether this is more to do with Martinez not being quite as strong relative to the field up at 165, but um, with Chenzo's ability to get out from bottom so easily, um, Martinez really wasn't able to ride him at all, whereas he was riding guys pretty tough um, in the last two years. But I think Chenzo's right there. Um, Martinez, obviously the favorite in NCAAs, but um, you never know. One shot goes here or there, and that, that result could be a bit, dif- a bit different. Yeah. I could see him losing. Not just to Senzo, but I mean to a few people. I could see him losing. Uh, Senzo, like Senzo's strong hips really, really kept Martinez at bay when, when he actually tried to take some good shots. Um, Senzo hipped out, of, hipped out of a lot of them. Yeah, the gap has definitely closed from Martinez to the field um, up at 165 from 157, whereas I just don't think the he's able to... gap wasn't very big last year. He, he, he's not able to overpower the rest of the field the way he could. I mean, other than Nolf, up at 157, I mean, even, he was just yeah. overpowering a lot of kids. I mean, even last year at 157, Nolf pins him. Nolf loses to him close twice. He gets taken to his back a couple times. Ian Miller comes within inches of beating him in the semifinals. He wasn't that invincible last year. Yeah, Martinez definitely, I mean, obviously still outstanding, but doesn't look quite the dominant force that he appeared in his, was it a redshirt freshman year where he was just yeah, no, he was really good freight training everybody. I mean, I think it was like tech fall, tech fall, tech fall, major yeah. tech fall pin. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, he's still, listen, I mean, you're talking about a kid who's, might probably, or not probably, but has a good chance to be a four-time champ. I mean, he's still very good. I just don't think, like, he hasn't progressed how I thought he'd progress, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think he was almost at a point in his redshirt freshman year where the only way he could go was back to the field a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, all right, let's go to 174. Um, Mark Hall uh, just destroys Zach Brunson who I believe had not lost yet in Big Ten dual season. Um, beats him 16-1, to totally wears Brunson down, which is um, kind of sad for Brunson because there was a pretty, uh, pretty substantial break in the match for a review, probably like a two-minute review. So he had like a two-minute rest, and still, I mean, Mark just wore him down. Yeah, I was... Wrong, wrong, wrong on this one. And I don't think I'm the only one, to be fair. Um, Zach Brunson doesn't get beaten up by the, like this by really anybody. Um, even last year... Tech before in college. E- even last year when he lost by fall, I think twice to Bo, it was close for, for a lot of the match. And this was really, once Mark got on top, that cross dress tilt he hit, in the, in the second period, Brunson really had no chance. Um, yeah, so it, good. if Mark's going to be able to, to get to get backs like that on, on pretty high level guys like Brunson, he's going to be he's going to be scary for the rest of the field at one seventy four. Yeah, plus score some extra points for us too, bonus wise, which would be nice. Uh, so we go to one eighty four, Bo Nickel. Uh, Major decisions number twelve, Emery Parker, eighteen to five. Um, Bo, kind of sluggish in this one. Look, looked for the big move a lot. I thought instead of just you know playing the takedown game, but he hits the big move at the end. And from where I was, I thought he had him pinned um, over there at the edge. Yeah, I didn't quite see the fall, at least not from the TV stream. But um, 
I thought this was actually a pretty good match. It's weird to say that Parker wrestled well, losing by 13, but there's a lot to work with there for Illinois coaches. A really, really athletic guy up at 184. Yeah, well, I mean, he got hit with a six-point move with, what, 25 seconds left? So. Yep. I mean, that makes it the score a little, a little worse than it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, Bo taking care of business. Not 197. Um, probably one of the most boring wrestling matches I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, but McCutcheon gets the 3-1 win over Andre Lee uh, to keep his winning ways. And then Nick Nevels um, really dominates Brooks Black from top. Um, Brooks Black didn't like did just didn't do anything on bottom at all, um, and wins uh, five nothing. Yeah, um, impressive performance by uh, Nevels, who was able to rack up, I believe, like close to three minutes or so of riding time. Uh, um, I think it was a lot. But just a, a really strong performance. Nice to see Nick get get back to it. Um, after a couple of matches where I didn't think he looked all that fantastic. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he looked, I mean, he looked good. Black had no bottom game against him, to be quite honest. Um, probably should have been hit for more stalls than he was hit for. Um, but alas, Penn State gets the win, 34-7. Um, 34th straight rec call sellout, which brings us to uh, Sunday's action against uh, the Maryland Terrapins. Yep, uh, Penn State picks up the 35th consecutive rec hall sellout on uh, senior day. Um, just a pretty dominant performance. 45-6 um, to six win, as we said. Picked up five consecutive pins at one point. Um, really just, I, I don't even know what, what, what else to say here. Um, just a, a bit of a mismatch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run through this quickly. Nick Suriano, Tech Falls, Michael Beck, and 641, 22 to 8. Um, Tristan Law um, was either leading the match or. No, I believe I guess, he, he, I was he was down. 3 2. 3 2. But it was yeah. close. 3 3 2 in the second period, and then gets pinned from neutral. Um, not great, admittedly. Um, uh, so actually, uh, Maryland, and, and they can probably make this a banner, uh, was beating Penn State in this duel at one point. Yeah, it lasted for about 10 minutes, but it's progress, I guess. Um, Maryland, yeah, no, Ter- I, Terrapin's winless this year in the, in the Big Ten, but nice little something, something to hang your hat on. Yeah, so we go to 141. Jimmy Gulban against uh, Ryan Deal. Uh, who, of course, many of you know, is the only wrestler to ever beat Jason Nolf in high school uh, in the state semifinals, Nolf's uh, sophomore year of high school. Um, one of the best matches ever wrestled at the, the PIAA tournament. It's on YouTube if you Google it. Uh, it's just an amazing match. Uh, so Deal is certainly a very talented wrestler, and Jimmy handles him 9-4. to four. Um, And that brings us to our pin streak here. Uh, Rutherford over Weissel by fall in 317. Nolf over Alexander in 127. Uh, Senzo over Patrick Garish in 358. Mark Hall over Josh uh, Ugald uh, in 114. And Bo Nickel over uh, Idris White, which is a nasty, nasty, nasty uh, cement mixer in 208. 
Yeah, um, really not much to say there. Just guys, they got rolling, and you knew kind of when you got to to Hall and White, who were, or Hall and Nickel, who were pinners, that, that they had they had something going. And poor Idris White of uh, Maryland just didn't really belong out there on the mat with, with Bo Nickel. You knew that was going to end pretty poorly with for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't he. He didn't get up fast enough for Bo's liking after a takedown, and Bo just kind of took him over. Yeah. Um, I think we can fairly say at this point, Nickel might be the most entertaining wrestler in the country. Maybe Nolf has an argument for it. Yeah, but, dude, Nolf is pretty... But, but right now, I, I think for your money, Bo Nickel is probably the most entertaining wrestler in the country at the That's college what you level. like, really. If, if you like pinners... You know, probably Nickel if you if you like the takedown game. You know, prefer Nolf. I prefer Nolf personally because you know I like wrestling on your feet and stuff. But I mean, Bo is certainly up there. Uh, and also, I mean, this year alongside his um, weight class uh, competitor Gabe Dean, who's got to be in the in, in the conversation as well. Absolutely. Uh, so we go to 197. Matt McCutcheon with a quality win over one of Maryland's better wrestlers. David Bryan Whistler, uh, five to three, and then we go to two eighty five. Nick Nevels over uh, Yusef Hamida uh, for a major decision, ten to one, which brings a score to forty five to six. Yeah, um, as we mentioned before, just a comprehensive victory, and we keep using that word with uh, Penn State and dual wins, but there's really not much else to say about them at some point. Um, I don't think we're going to quite get that result in, to th- that extent in the coming weeks, no. but. Um, Penn State really just asserted its dominance this year in the Big Ten, 9-0 in conference, 13-0 overall. Yeah, and they had to wrestle all the best teams, too. Yeah. Um, just a fantastic dual season. Um, for those of you looking ahead a bit next year, uh, some, some other big, big ones should have Michigan back in the rotation, I believe, next year, who will have some guys coming off of red shirts. But Penn State, I think, was – hands down the best dual team in the country this year. And we should get to figure that out this coming week. Yeah, I mean, if you go by this, this season's schedule, you know, next season's home schedule could include, you know, Iowa, Ohio State, um, Nebraska. You know, those are three really good. Uh, good um, even Minnesota, too. Um, so, you know, those are some really marquee matches. Plus, and we'll get to this shortly here, uh, if there is a, a national duels, it'll be of course hosted by Big Ten teams next year. So you you know you could get that match as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't um, talk about the black and pink singlets Penn State brought out on on Sunday. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan. I, I I love Penn State going back to its original colors for black and pink of black and pink cool. for just about everything. And the fans seem to respond in kind with uh, wearing black for what was supposed to be a blackout. Yeah. Um, I actually forgot to wear black, to be honest. But, yeah, no, a lot of black in the crowd, and I thought the, I thought the singlets looked, good, looked, looked really good. Yeah, they matched the, uh, the caliber of wrestling that we saw on Sunday. Huh. I don't know what you mean by that, but okay. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Um, all right, let's go. Uh, of course, so now uh, Penn State will head to Oklahoma State. Um, 
this upcoming weekend, Sunday, I believe, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time start. Um, and there's really a lot to talk about here with, um, you know, the Iowa situation here with the national duels, the broadcast situation. You know, there's so much to get into. Where to start with the NWCA national duels uh, championship well, series? Well, I think be, it's good to start at the top to and say that if the, if the goal is to crown a national champion – the system worked out about as perfectly as it could this year. Like, I mean, there's two undefeated teams left. Um, you know, these are the two best teams in the country. They proved it. Um, so at least, you know, that is good. Like, that's right. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know the system that was originally agreed upon two years ago, before, before last season, was supposed to put the top two teams in the country against each other and then put... Seeds. Well, the top Big Ten and non-Big Ten, not necessarily yeah. the top two. Yeah. Um, and then put the top Big Ten team against the top non-Big Ten team, and then so on and so forth for duels two through eight. So in this case, Iowa would face Virginia Tech this year, who's the top-ranked non-Big Ten team other than Oklahoma State. You would see Ohio State going to... Cornell, which actually worked out, who's the third-ranked non-Big Ten team, and then down the line. However, we've had some uh, some conflicts of interest, if you will. Yeah. So, for some background on this, for someone who you know, not not so much different from me, who maybe got into wrestling five or six years ago and listened to the podcast and have the background knowledge. Uh, pretty much, I was coach Tom Brands and of course his brother Terry. Came from Virginia Tech back in, I believe, um, after the 2006 or 2007 season, Clay? I believe after it was after the 2006, 2006 season, okay. possibly. But um, Okay, you're right. You're right, because then Minnesota won and Iowa won three. So what happened is um, they had brought in a, a really good class of freshmen their last year at Virginia Tech, and they had redshirted um, those freshmen which uh, Iowa still pretty much registers all their freshmen. Uh, and most notably in that class was Brent Metcalf, who would go on to finish f- two first and a second at NCAAs. Um, Virginia Tech, which uh, this is within their rights to do, um, did not grant them a release to go to Iowa without sitting out a year of eligibility, which you know we can argue the merits of that in a different podcast, but... The facts are that is within their rights to do. Um, so when these, rest, when, uh, when these wrestlers transferred to Iowa to follow uh, Tom Brands, they lost year of eligibility. So you know that's why a guy like Brent Metcalf, instead of uh, you know having four NCAA finishes, um, he only gets he only gets three um, because he used his red shirt year and then he lost an extra year of eligibility. So he didn't start wrestling at Iowa until redshirt sophomore season. And, of course, you know, it was pretty dominant from the beginning. Um, ever since then, Tom Brands has held a grudge against the, the Vatech program for not releasing his kids. Um, and it was, um, you know, the, the Flames were, were stoked last year as well when kind of something similar went on where Iowa didn't really want to wrestle Virginia Tech and pull some strings behind the well, scenes to let, make that let, Let's call it was. It, let's call it was. It wasn't kind of something similar. It was... Pretty much the exact same scenario right. where Iowa is refusing to wrestle against Virginia Tech. Right. Um, and so um, Kevin 
dresser called Tom Brands and Orange, right? I'm not I'm not mistaking what happened. Yeah, um, Dresser had, Kevin Dresser, who's the head coach of Virginia Tech, was not pleased with this decision. Um, felt his team deserved a chance to wrestle at, at Iowa, and it probably would have been one of the better duels of the year. Iowa um, and Virginia Tech matched up pretty well against each other. Um, probably the strongest, stronger of the two years for Virginia Tech last year over this year. Um, and Dresser decided that he was going to go on his podcast and for lack of a better term, because Orange doesn't do it justice, decided that he was going to call um, Tom and Terry Brands pussies. Therefore, from there on out, we will refer to that as Oranges, as Dresser did. But um, And has has really kind of worked that narrative over uh, pretty well over the last year. Yes, so, of course, this year, the same thing happens. Now, last year, it didn't get as much flack because, if I remember correctly here, Clay, there were, like, a couple teams in there with, with uh, Virginia Tech that, like, could have made an argument for that second non-conference spot. So the NWCA kind of, like, avoided controversy on as big of a scale by just putting in another team. Um, but, like, this year, it's pretty clear-cut that Vodtech is that second team. And, of course, Iowa is, is the second team here uh, in the Big Ten. So... Um, really nowhere to hide this year. Of course, uh, the NWCA duels were supposed to, the, the, the pairings for all of them, and, and we knew Oklahoma State, Penn State uh, about a week and a half ago, but um, you know, all the pairings were supposed to come out Sunday night about 9.30 Eastern time. Uh, the NWCA came out with a press release saying that it would be delayed. Um, instantly, people went to, you know, it's probably due to Iowa and Virginia Tech. Iowa not wanting to wrestle Virginia Tech. Sure enough, that was the case. Um, the next morning, it ends up that Iowa um, is going to wrestle Edinburgh, um, which, whatever. Um, and once again, the Virginia Tech coach not happy. And then our own coach, Coach Kel Sanderson, um, kind of subtweets at the Brands Brothers, um, taking a piece of notebook paper, writing down what the matchup should have been, going by the rules that everyone agreed to um, two years ago, including Tom Brands, who was really one of the big proponents of this system. And, um, and he, uh, he, he takes a picture of it and tweets it out uh, to the world um, of, of the matchups and says something to the lines of, um, this is what the matchup should be according to the rules we all agreed upon. Um, really kind of taking a shot at, at, at Tom and Terry Brands. Yeah, um, I understand holding a grudge. I, he's not the first person, the, the Brands brothers are not the first people to hold grudges. However, there are a number of things that bother me about this. First of all, the athletic director for Virginia Tech that denied the transfer of five wrestlers, four of which would go on to be All-Americans for Iowa, two national champions with Brett Metcalf and Jay Borschel, has since passed away. The athletic director passed away last year. So your argument with with, with him is, is done. You're, you're not getting anything else out of that. Then we've got, the, there's a motto, a saying, a mantra, whatever you want to call it, going around wrestling that's talking about growing the sport. It has been echoed time and time again by countless coaches. You cannot 
say that you want to grow the sport and then immediately turn around and do things that aren't healthy for the sport and the sports fan base. It's just the two are do not work in tandem. There, There is a discourse there. It's just, it's really disingenuous. And I don't see how you can possibly plug that and, and then go back in and say, we're, we're just not going to do this. I, I don't see the logic. I don't see, I mean, can, can we get an adult in the room, please? It's just, it's a bit ridiculous. Well, I mean, for me too, like, like, so like Penn State, I don't like Iowa, but like, that doesn't mean I don't want to wrestle them. I want to wrestle them and beat them. Like, you'd think that'd be the attitude that the brand's buzz would have about, about Vodtech, was that, oh, you know, we don't like Virginia Tech, and rightfully so, whatever. But, like, let's go beat them. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's childish to me. I mean, I'm not surprised if I were to pick any coaches in the country to act this way. It would be those two. But uh, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And the thing, the, for those of you who saw the tweet from Kale Sanderson talking about what the duels should be. There was a lot of backlash saying, well, where was Kale when we had a national duel tournament who, where he passed over, decided not to go? That's not the same. It is a really, really oh, stupid false equivalence. There are multiple reasons why this doesn't work. One, Sanderson's system, which, which there's no saying otherwise, Kale championed the current system. Um, took it from four duels in two days, two weeks before a conference tournament, to one duel. So one of the issues that people were having were they didn't want their guys wrestling four duels against elite competition two weeks before the postseason. And I understand that. We, people were sk- skipping out on that. Now you have one duel. Again, Sanderson skipped out on the national tournament without ever agreeing to the format for the national tournament before not going. These coaches two years ago sat down and said, okay, this is the format we're fine with. This is what we're going to go with. And now we're saying that's not, that they won't do it. I mean, it's just not even remotely the same situation. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll just be blind. I I don't like this system that much. Um, And I really wish they'd find out, figure out a way to do a national, a true national duels tournament. But I think we're really far away from that right now. Especially because, so, if you're wondering, you know, especially if, if you're a PA resident listening to this, you're like, well, you know, PIAA has a team championship and an individual championship, um, so it wouldn't be unheard of, and other states do too. That's true. The NCAA, though, has a real, um, has like a real issue with giving out two, more than two team championships in one sport. Um... Because the problem is if you do it for wrestling, some other sports are going to want to do it. Like golf, um, golf, gymnastics. You know, They're going to want the same kind of treatment. Swimming is another one. Um, which, so the NCAA doesn't really want anything to do with this. Which is kind of how we got here. Um, and why the NWCA is the one running it. But the problem with the NWCA is that literally in its name, National Wrestling Coaches Association, it's run by the coaches. And so, you know, you're going to have your big power players that are going to be kind of be able to get their way. You know, not just Kale, but Kale certainly included, but, you know, certainly like Tom Brands. Listen, Tom Brands had a lot to do with the system that's in place now. Uh, you know, guys like Tom Ryan. Tom Ryan serves as a board member of the 
of, of, of the NCA wrestling committee as well as NWCA. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard place, but, you know, I would love to see a national duels tournament. Um, I just think we're a long ways off from there, unfortunately. I mean, I'd be just as fine if, if we're going to go through all of this crap to end up with duels that people don't want to see. I mean, no offense to Edinburgh. They have a fantastic program. Nobody wants to see that duel. Um, I'd be just as fine with, with scrapping the system. I mean, I'm going to watch duels either way. So I don't know how many casual fans you, you lose, but I can't imagine casual fans that were drawn in by the prospects of a dual championship are any happier with the current system, which has gone to crap. In a perfect world, in my opinion, the NCA would step in and they would put in um, a split season and have the, the championships um, for duels like the first week in January or something like that. Um, you know, televise it, put it on ESPN, blah, 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 um, all that. But I think we're a long ways away from happening. Um, now, I'm not, I don't think Clay shares my opinion on an NCAA national duels tournament, but um, I don't know. I'm in the or of the opinion that we currently have, other than the NWCA national duels, a system that's not broken that we're trying to fix. But um, I believe I'm in the minority on that one. I think people are. I guess there, there, there's a little discontent over where college wrestling sits in the college athletics landscape. And I think there's a lot of people that want to make it college basketball in terms of publicity, which I, I, I'm completely on board with trying to grow the sport. But I also think that you need to, to, to some extent, be fair and be loyal to the current fans you already have and the current sport. I don't think you want to get too far away from what the sport actually is and what the season's actually been in order to try to attract casual fans. Well, the one thing I'm definitely not in um, in favor of is, is changing anything about the NCAA tournament, individual tournament. Um, and, like, I know Jay Robinson, the ex-Minnesota coach, his idea was to make the – National Duels Tournament count for, like, points at the NCAA Individual Tournament, which is really stupid. Which is absurd. Uh, to be blunt. Yeah, to be blunt. That's really dumb. Um, but I don't, like, I, I don't like talk about the issues with NCA having two champions. But in a vacuum, just for NCA wrestling, I think that's the best way to go is to crown a dual champion and then another team champion at individuals um, and, let, and, 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 and let people, you know, uh, award prestige to that how they may. Well, my issue is, and I get maybe because it's a different format, the, the people want a separate champion, but with the current NCAA tournament format, I mean, is there a better way to crown the best team where, where it's more evenly matched? I mean, I, I your, don't see how, how do you, you define team? The best team. Do you define team 1 through 10, all 10 weight classes, or you define a team... Um, you know, oh, just their best five kids. Because, I mean, I mean, Penn State has won this tournament before with five scoring kids. Yeah, but if you look at any other team sport, the best team is often not necessarily the best group of, say, 12 individuals in college basketball. Elite players account for more of a change in the final score of games 
in other sports like they do in wrestling. Well, I understand, but I mean, I mean, your, I mean, your individual studs can still get you six points in a duel. I just don't. See, yeah, but then you, the thing you deal with there is, should the gap from because there's a cap on on how much better a wrestler in a duel can be than another wrestler in terms of point scoring, should the gap between a Zane Rutherford and maybe a Micah Jordan where he's getting a tech fall be the same gap between like a Billy Rappo and a Tristan Law? I mean, well, I mean, he pinned them, so, I mean, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, Law shouldn't have got pinned. I mean, like, for me, if the best team, it just depends on how you define team, and there's two different definitions in wrestling and how to define it. So, I just don't know why we just don't award two team championships, one for a duel and then one for and individuals. The problem with a duel, and you could say this somewhat in any sport, but I mean, I think other sports are better at determining just who the best team is. The problem with the duel is you're coming down to matchups, and you saw it last year where Oklahoma State, or Penn State was better than Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was better than, I don't know, Missouri, but Missouri beat Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech lost to Iowa State. You get to areas where it's, you get a matchup issue where Team A might be better than Team B. And Team B might be better than Team C, but Team B is also better than Team A. I mean, that's just sports. I mean, let's I mean, let's go back to the Final Four in basketball two years ago. Wisconsin beats Kentucky. Duke beats Wisconsin, but Kentucky probably would have smashed Duke because they were so much bigger. I mean, that's just sports. But there's no way. I, I don't know. I guess we didn't see the game, so you can't say. But I don't think there's a, a definite thing where you can look down the lineup and be like, they're getting X points this weight, this weight, this weight, and here's how they beat them. What do you mean in wrestling? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, in, in other sports similar to wrestling, where you can say, okay, where maybe Kentucky causes Duke matchup problems, you could say, ah, maybe they're favored by four and a half. But you could see how Duke wins. Where in wrestling, if you if you look down the lineup, you'd need some type of monumental upset at individual weights. For, for a team that doesn't match up well to to be the team that matches up well. I, mean, against I don't know them. if that's so. I don't know if that's completely true. Other, outside of like Penn State seemingly being so much more dominant. I mean, look at the Iowa, the Iowa Oklahoma State. That match, that match turned on toss up matches. I just, I, I think you run. Into, you could very well run into an issue where your champion wins a title without being the best team. For I mean, we have two champions. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the, the multiple champion format. I, I think currently what we have determines... the. I, I don't know how you argue that the current format doesn't determine the best team accounting for everybody because everybody can qualify. If you don't qualify, that's on your guys' ability. I mean... Yeah, but you can win this tournament with four kids. Uh, yeah, but you're in a, I mean, you're you're fighting an uphill battle there, especially if a kid like a, you're going against a team like Oklahoma State who could have ten point scores. Yeah, but if they get ten, I mean, like if they get ten kids that score ten points, that's a hundred points. I mean, there's a good chance Penn State has four kids that score a hundred points this year. So I, I. But I don't think that's necessarily don't an unfair scoring. I mean, I, I think there needs to be a count. 
you need to be accountable for different levels of success. I mean, do you want 10... It's a matter of 10 $5 bills compared to 5 $10 bills. I mean, you're getting the 50 either way. I don't know. I... I mean, I, I understand the argument, and that's why I don't want to touch the national. I don't, I don't want to touch the NCAA uh, tournament as it stands now. Um, even if I added duels, I'm, I'm keeping everything the same there. But I just think if you want to grow the sport, increase attendance at duels, stop coaches from having kids duck weights, um, I think you got to do a duels tournament. Yeah, this should not be. If you're going to stick to the current system, it should not be. A choice by the coaches. If you agree to the system, which everyone's understanding was this was the system that was agreed to before last year, you should go by the rules that were laid out, and that's just how it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, Ryan really – or not Ryan, sorry. Uh, typically, we're yelling at Tom Ryan here. Tom Brands uh, really screwed this up. Um Ultimately, though, I don't think I don't think we're anywhere close to an, and certainly not an NCAA-sanctioned national duels tournament. Um, though, who knows? I mean, you know, this could be the catalyst for something really changing. Um, I, I, it, it could be. Again, my my concern is that we try as a wrestling community to fix a problem that isn't necessarily there and cause ourselves more what issues. What is there? I mean, there's a problem. I mean, I mean, we wrestle all year in dual meets that ultimately mean nothing. No other sport does that. Well, you use the dual meets matter for seeding for for NCLAs for the most part. I mean, you can't just yeah, not but, like, wrestle. I mean, it's a you totally different format to. of how to how to determine a champion. Uh, you might as well not even keep. But, but the, the format of the individual and mat doesn't change. You're not changing. I mean, the, yeah, but the, why? Like, if we're not going to reward good duel teams, why even keep score at a duel? I, I, why I not just wrestle tournaments you. every weekend? I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what to tell you. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, that's our little... Well, it wasn't little. It was probably a pretty long 15-minute uh, tangent on what went on, um, the Iowa thing, and how to fix it. Um, alas, Clay, as I said at the beginning of this segment... Ultimately, if you're just worried about the top matchup, uh, the NWCA does get it right this year. Uh, though it's made pretty easy for them, granted. Penn State and Oklahoma State, the consensus two best teams in the country, uh, will square off on Sunday. Yeah. Um, we get an absolutely star-studded duel. I mean, state champions on state champions, Super 32 champions on Super 32 champions, Fargo champions, junior world champions. It's a, a pretty fantastic matchup between the, the definitely the two best dual teams and probably tournament teams unless something goes awry in the country. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so we assume that the match will start at 125 pounds. Both guys are pretty traditional in that way. Um, so let's go through these matches here. we got about uh, 15 minutes left here in our, in our hour, so... We'll go through these matches. Um, 125, uh, Nick Siriano versus uh, Nick Piccinini. Uh, should be familiar with each other. Uh, both, uh, both residents of the state of New Jersey. Um, but you've know, got to give the edge here to Siriano for sure. 
Nikki picked New Jersey or New York. Oh, you're right. Pichini's from New York. I misread the but, um, NJ and what. Both, My bad. Both, but, I mean, still close. Wrestled each other, I'm sure, a lot growing up. Both four-time state champions. Both who's number one alumni. Uh, Suriano has a couple of Super 32 champions. Pichini and Flonats. However, I think looking down the line, there's a, a lot of toss-up matchups. I don't think this is one of them. I, I no. think Suriano is... And I don't think the margin of victory will be particularly large, but I don't see... I see Soriano taking this matchup probably nine out of ten times. Yeah, well, I, I believe Gilman got this to a major, right? Yeah, Gilman, I believe, I, was, just at, was just at eight points. I believe the score was 12-4, yeah, 13-5 right, right. with riding time. Yeah, I mean, Soriano could do that same thing here for sure. Um, but I'll pick... Uh, no, I think I'm going to give Nick the major. He's wrestling really well. Piccinini's stock is going down a little bit. I, I'm going to give Nick the major. I think Piccinini struggled a little bit. Um, took a loss to Sean Russell of Edinburgh. Tough guy out of Georgia. But um, I just think Piccinini is going to be a little more solid. I don't think he's going to put himself in, in bad positions. I, I think Nick earns something like a 6-3, to 7-3 type of decision. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, we were to 133, definitely the, well, I don't know if that's true, but from the Penn State perspective, definitely the most lopsided match in the duel in terms of Penn State least likely to win. Um, Kate Brock, uh, hometown boy, uh, Stillwater, up against George Carpenter. Um, Brock, uh, you know, came out of the scene, obviously, last year by uh, pinning uh, defending national champion Cody Brewer. Um and then, of course, this year has some good wins, most notably over uh, over Corey Clark of Iowa, though Clark's health is uncertain at this point. Um, Carpenter's done a nice job not getting pinned, and by some good wrestlers, too. Um, I mean, he stayed off his back against Montour, or not off his back, but he stayed off the mat, uh, per se, I guess, against um, Montoya of Nebraska, Against um, against Zane Richards of Illinois, against Tomasello of Ohio State, against you know Clark of Iowa, right there for your you know Adam Brock and Seth Gross for your best six at 133, um, and he hasn't got pinned by any, so I got to give Brock probably the tech ball just going on that. Yeah, I think uh, as you mentioned, George has done a really good job of avoiding taking the loss by a fall, but. Um... I don't know something about Kate Brock's style. I just I enjoy he's a watching I'll him. Give you that. He, he's a pinner. He's, he can throw you. I I'm gonna give Brock the six points here, and I'm not sure necessarily how he does it, but I just I see Kate Brock coming up with big points in a big situation. No, fair enough. All right, so you've got it six to three, Oklahoma State after two. I've got it five to four, Oklahoma State after two. Oh, we had to one forty one. One of the headline matches for sure here. Dean Heil, um, everyone picks against him. I know that uh, I read a post on the Matt form yesterday that um, people could really make a lot of money um, betting on Dean Heil to win because um, his odds wouldn't be so so good as some of the other studs, but, yeah, he, he always wins. Um, and then, uh, I mean, he's on a huge win streak, only one loss last year uh, and, and undefeated this year against a surging Jimmy Goulibon. 
Yeah, um, Jimmy's wrestling really well, probably as well as he has for the better part of two years now. Um, as you said, Hyle's just a really, really solid guy at St. Ed's in Ohio, defending national champion. No losses this year. Um, took, I believe it was a 9-4 to or 9-5 win over Jimmy last year in this duel um, up at Rec Hall. And it was th- closer than that, though, I think. I, I think, yeah, I think like On the mat, on the mat, I mean. Yeah, um, I, I think you could see a similar type of scenario here. Kyle's just really, really tough to take down. Um, and that's where Jimmy, although he's kind of been, been figuring it out lately, struggles the most. And I, just, I see a hard, to, I see Golovan having a hard time finishing on Heil here. I'm going to give Heil the regular decision. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here, Clay. Um, I, I really like the way Jim's wrestling right now. Um, he's had you know with with two pretty easy matches this week. He's had a lot of time to prepare uh, specifically for the stuff that Heil is going to throw at him. Um, you know, should be really ready uh, for Ohio. Plus, obviously, you know these kids have seen each other before. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm picking Jimmy to beat Dean Heil. Um, I, I know I just said, oh yeah, everyone always picks against Dean Heil, and yeah, here I am doing it. But uh, I don't know. I like how Jimmy's wrestling right now. I think you know he can keep it close for a while and and, and get that late takedown, win like a five three five four kind of bout. I've been burned by Dean Heil enough times that I'm. <laughs> No, I'm never picking I mean, against yeah. them again. No, well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, everyone picks against them. Mm-hmm. He wins. But I, I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, uh, it might be a folly in the end. But, uh, all right, let's go to 149. Zane Rutherford against Anthony Colica. Um, last year, this match was absolutely dreadful to watch um, because Colica didn't want to do anything. Um, I believe Zane won 4 1. That sounds about right. Um, in this match uh, last year. Um, Kalka, of course, beat Brandon Sorensen in one of, in a very, very boring match um, in, like, 17 million, like, ultimate tie breaks. Um, but I'm, I'm picking Zane to probably get the decision here just because Kalka will slow it down so much. Yeah, I think uh, Zane might be on a mission here. Um, he was really able to open it up against um, Mickey Jordan pick up 20-5 tech fall uh, even against Sorensen a close 9-8 win kind of opened it up got a few takedowns uh, I think Kalik is going to have a hard time shutting it down if, if Zane pushes the pace I think he's out again to send a message uh, I think I'll give Zane the uh, the major decision here alright fair enough yeah so that brings the score here um my score will be uh, ten to four, um, and your score, I believe, will be or ten to four Penn State, and your score will be nine to six Oklahoma State going to one fifty seven. Nine, nine to seven uh, Oklahoma State, I believe I have it. Nine to seven, you're right. You just gave the major. I apologize. Um, one fifty seven Joseph Smith um, for Oklahoma State, uh, the son of Coach John Smith. Most of us know him by uh, JoJo, but. Uh, Coach John Smith is imperative. His name is Joseph. And uh, he'll be up against uh, Jason Nolf. Uh These two wrestled um, twice last year, once at the scuffle, and once at NCAAs, um, because uh, Joe Smith sat out the duel um, last year in State College with an injury. Um, 
The one at the scuffle was pretty close. Um, the one at NCAAs, not so much. Uh, Noaf got the major decision there at NCAAs. Um, I think it's going to be a major decision or worse here um, for Jason Nolf. Yeah, I don't see it getting much worse than that just because I think Joe's solid positionally. But uh, not been a great year for Joe. Dealing with some injuries at the beginning of the season. Um, had some issues with the cut, apparently, throughout the year. Only 8-3 and three in the year. Dropped down to number 6 in the rankings. Would probably be lower if not for a pretty thin weight class. Um, took a recent loss to Joey Lavalley of Mizzou. Um had another loss that was a bit, bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, I know he has one to, to Michael Kemmerer, which isn't a bad loss really at all. But, um, again, I don't think with the issues he had this year and the way that Nolf's wrestling, I think Nolf picks up the major decision, which would give Penn State the, um, I believe, an 11-9 to lead. Yeah, I'm going to give Nolf the major decision here. Brings it 14-4. to Um yeah, real fourteen to five. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I had four. I gave uh, K Brock five. Fourteen to five score at intermission, which brings us to 165 pounds. Um, Chandler Rogers, who was up at 174 last year after Kyle Kutchmer got hurt, um, he'll take on uh, Senzo Joseph for Penn State. Um, probably a match Oklahoma State needs to win if they want to win the duel. Um, but I don't think they will. I think uh, Senzo goes out there and, and, and gets a decision. This match is going to be so good. Um, if you're a neutral watching this, this duel, I think this might be the most exciting match of the duel just because Rogers, even whether he's winning or losing or pinning or getting pinned, is probably one of the most exciting wrestlers in the country. He just goes for broke every time. Um, Senzo was going a little, little less with the upper body as the season's gone on. And I think he'll probably want to stay out of the ties with Rogers, where he's really good. Absolutely. Um, that being said, I think Chenzo has a better leg attacks and probably a better defense. Um, I think Chenzo probably picks up the, the victory here um, in a close decision. But it wouldn't surprise me if things go either way and somebody wins by bonus because somebody ends up on their back. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Chenzo's going to win. Um Win by decision. I think I, I think Senso will do a nice job of staying out of the ties. I mean, he knows it's coming, and he's strong enough to stay out of the ties um, with Rogers. So I'm going to give him the the regular decision here, bringing my score to 17 to five, and your score at 14 to nine, Penn State. Um, speaking of Kyle Crutchmer, um, he's back at 174 pounds this year. Um, he'll take on Mark Hall. Um, these two wrestled at the scuffle. Um, back in January, and I believe Mark won this 10-3, to right? Yeah, I believe it was uh, very, very close to the major decision, and Hall was really in control throughout. Yeah, and I expect the same thing on uh, Sunday, except I think it's going to be a little worse, actually. I think Mark's going to get the major decision. Yeah, I um, tend to agree with you on that one. Um, here over Crutchmer. Crutchmer not wrestling particularly well, has a recent loss to... Dylan Wisman of Mizzou, who I actually think is a pretty, pretty talented guy, but not on the level of, of Hall, just really entered the rankings um, at number 20. But uh, I think Hall, especially if he can work on top, he really rode Crutchmer hard last time. And if he's, if he's going to get some back points here, which I think he will, I think he opens up and gets a, gets a major decision. 
Yeah, I agree. So that brings my score here to 21 to 5. Your score to 17 to 9. I think um, I have an eight, I believe, correct me if I'm 18 wrong. to 9, I think. 18 to 9. 18 to 9, okay. Sorry, yeah. 18 to 9. Uh, that's right, because four. I'm off today, guys. I apologize. Um, uh, we'll go to 184. Nolan Boyd um, and Bo Nickel. Um, Boyd is a little bit like Chandler Rogers Light. He can, I mean, he'll look to pin and do all that stuff. Just not as good as Rogers, I would say. Um, Bo, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, this could definitely end with Boyd getting thrown to his back and pinned. Yeah, um, I don't know what to make of Nolan. I don't know what to make of Nolan Boyd. Um, sometimes I watch him and I think he could be one of the three or four best wrestlers in the country at the weight class, and sometimes I watch him and think he's can be beaten by anybody in the top, like, 10 or 12. Uh, I think there's a fairly significant gap between he and Nickel, particularly if Nickel plays it straight. Um, I really like Bo to pick up the bonus point here and get a major decision. Yeah, me too. I'm going to give Bo the major. I think it could be worth – I mean, it could definitely be a pin. It could definitely be a decision too. But I think a pin is definitely in play here. Um, Boyd has looked uh, not great against some some good kids, most notably Sammy Brooks. Um, so I'll give Bo the major. Brings my score to twenty five to five. Um, Clay's score to twenty two to nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the one ninety seven. Um, Preston Weigel and Matt McCutcheon. Um, Weigel, a good solid kid. Probably the kind of wrestler that McCutcheon is going to need to beat to get on the podium in St. Louis in a month. Um, I don't think he's going to beat uh, Weigel. Uh, I think uh, Weigel takes the the decision. Yeah, this is uh, probably the most evenly matched match of the duel. Um, right now you got Weigel ranked number 8, McCutcheon ranked number 9. Uh, Weigel had a pretty bad loss recently. I don't remember who it was too. It might have been up in Edinburgh. But um, similar to McCutcheon in that he beats guys who he's supposed to beat but doesn't really have any good wins or great wins for that matter on the year. Uh, I'm going to go with McCutcheon as just a homer pick, but I think it's going to be a one-takedown match either way. I wouldn't be surprised at any decision. Yeah, I think... Weigel wins this like three to one. Uh, I think this is a one takedown match probably um, as well. Um, let's go to 285. Uh, for Penn State, it's, I mean, barring some really unforeseen circumstance, it's going to be Nick Nevels. Um, little question mark here for um, Oklahoma State though, Clay, because Austin Schaefer sat out, I believe, their match with Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, uh, that was the first I had heard anything regarding a possible injury to Schaefer. Um, I'm going to assume that maybe they were just holding him out for precaution, knowing that they had a pretty big duel the next week. Um, they didn't need him, obviously. They were shutting out Oklahoma at the time. But um, it could be a really, really important thing to pay attention to because this duel, if one of things, two things go the other way, could, could come down to heavyweight. I don't expect it to, but it's not out of the question. Um... I don't think it much matters. Uh, Schaefer's ranked number six and Neville's ranked number five right now, but I, I think there's a bit of a gap there, probably three or four points. I, I'm going to give Nick the decision over Schaefer. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then obviously if it's the backup, 
um, probably give um, the major decision to Nick Nevels. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I agree. I agree with all that. I think um, you know you have to you have to give Nevels the edge here. I'm looking um, back at the Oklahoma State Oklahoma dual resolves. Um, there, the Oklahoma State's backup loss to 19th ranked lots, Ross Larson, eight to nothing. So if Schaefer doesn't go, then you know, you know, uh, I think Nevels is a really good shot at bonus. Um, but I'll pick the regular decision for now with the assumption that Schaefer wrestles, which actually I'm hearing is like kind of close to 50-50. Um, so uh, take that how you will. Um, but that brings my final score to 28 to eight. Clay, I believe that brings your final score to 28 to 9, something like that, right around there. Spot on. Pretty even predictions in here. I think it's the score that we predicted might not necessarily, and the final score may not even reflect how close the duel is. Um, I think we both would probably agree that a couple of takedowns one way or the other could make things really, really tight. But there's but there's there's more upside for Penn State in this duel. I mean, as we see the score, but like Oklahoma State needs more things to go right for them to win this duel than Penn there, State. I mean, Penn there State are more a couple things go wrong. There are more clear favorites for Penn State than there are for Oklahoma yeah. State in this situation. And then there is a handful of toss-up matches. In order for Oklahoma State to win this duel, they will probably need to win each of the toss-up matches. Yeah, I agree, and then not and not lose. Like, you know, uh, like, like high up needs to be Jimmy, um, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, so it's shaping up pretty good. Uh, it should be a very, very entertaining duel, and hopefully Penn State can come out of there with a victory. What did – what did um, – t- didn't Tom Brand say something about Oklahoma State's mat? Like, didn't he call it, like, I don't know, like a mini mat or something? Apparently it's, like, a really small mat. That's the first I'd seen about it, but uh, – I, someone I, did someone because I, I and I do know Oklahoma State is like a really small mat I guess. Well, it'll be good for it'll should be good for Penn State who will definitely look to uh, press the action. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you get out of bounds quicker, I guess. Um, but yeah, so look forward to that. Um, one thing we didn't get into, we didn't have enough time to get into, is the whole thing with Flow Wrestling streaming the match exclusively. Um, again, if you don't have a Flow Wrestling subscription, it's pretty much going to cost you 20 bucks to um, watch the match, or you have to pay for a month's subscription. Um, personally, I, well, both of us, Clay and myself, are um, Flow subscribers. I pay at the year-round rate, which is a lot cheaper, at, what, 12, 12 bucks a month or something like that. Um, you have to pay a lump sum. I don't know what Clay does. Um, but, you know, if you're a big wrestling fan and have the money, I certainly think that Flow is a good investment, um, regardless of what you think about them, you know, what they're doing with this duel. Yeah, um, kind of as Garrett said, Flow exclusive rights, if you want to watch, that's what you got to do. Um, not much more I'm going to comment on that end, but um, it should be a fantastic duel, so I, I would definitely guarantee, or I would definitely recommend the people tune in. Yeah, when worse comes to worse, if you don't want to spend the money, of course, there will be live live and free audio on gopsusports.com with Jeff Ironhead Byers on the call for Penn State as always. Um, Clay, that brings us to the end of our show today. Um, anything else to add? 
Not that I think. Not that I can think of. Happy to uh, have Penn State back competing for a dual championship, and uh, should be should be a, a good watch. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I believe that's 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday on Flow Wrestling or on the radio online at gopsusports.com. Um, make sure you tune in. Um, that's all we have for you this week. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, see you later. Peace out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.